Fangs Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. I want to share it and so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in a swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida Indian University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a Rattler, they can know their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations. This is Fangs Up, and this episode we're talking about the end of basketball season and the beginning of our spring sports. Uh, let's start off with the women's basketball team. And it was another loss. Um, this another blowout. And it's an 82-40 to 40 loss against Bethune-Cookman University. We're going to split the series against them, which that's a good thing. We, we, we beat Bethune-Cookman and we're able to get on ESPN in the first game off a last-second shot that just bounces in the way of the good guys that wear orange and green. This game today or yesterday was not close, so uh, I did try to watch it, and it was just noticeable how many shots we missed and how many shots from in the paint that we missed. We missed a lot of layups, a lot of bunnies, a lot of shots that are just very simple shots were missed by our ladies basketball team. And by the end of the game, we're we're reaching, trying to find some outside shots to see if we can make some comebacks. But at that point in the game, the shots aren't falling from anywhere on the court for the orange and green. And uh, kind of spoils a little bit of our senior day celebration that we have for Anisha Douglas and Tia Bradwell, uh, Bradshaw, sorry. Uh, so it's just, uh, as you can tell. A little melancholy about that. And uh, that's going to conclude the basketball season for Florida A&M University's women's team. We end up with a four-win season, one of which was a forfeit uh, against Alcorn State. And that was just not really a good way to end the season as far as getting demolished by your rival. Uh, It's definitely a downer. And... A lot of reasons for this four-win season. One of them was COVID. COVID wrecked havoc with this team. It was making it to the point to where players were playing a lot of minutes, and we noticed that those minutes caught up with some of the talent at the end of the season. The players were not able to substitute as they normally would, and you had players playing out of position to a certain degree as well. But it just really led to – the demise of the basketball season and it really is going to cause into questions uh, of what went on this season and what can we not replicate because four wins is not going to cut it. I'm, I'm an honest fan. FAMU doesn't win 10, 10 games in basketball. I get it because we are not in the top echelon of basketball conferences. We're not a basketball destination. But at the same point, you do want to come out as close to 500 as possible. 
the, the target should be 10 games or more just because that's probably going to get you in one of those spots for the conference tournament. And that means you're able to compete. But four wins is really saying nothing as far as, as a team and as a program. And it's definitely bringing up questions as far as what's going to happen going forward, not this year, but in two or three years when Coach Pillow's contract comes up. And we're going to miss the SWAC tournament. And I'm not sad about it, actually. I'm not disappointed. I don't feel like every team should go to the tournament just because uh, a four-win team is not going to put up a good show. They're non-competitive at this moment, and that's okay. But we've got to figure out what's going to be that secret sauce that works for Coach Pillow at Florida A&M University because as we know, most times at a school like FAMU for any sport other than football, you're here till your contract runs out because there aren't many revenue producing sports at Florida A&M University. The football team is a revenue producing sport that, that they are revenue producing. And that's not all on the football team. That's also the hundred because let's call let's keep it a buck. If the hundred's not coming to the game, nobody's showing up. And we, we kind of see that with basketball as well. When the hundred is there, the atmosphere is live and win or lose, you feel a little bit better. But it's hard to watch FAMU basketball and any other basketball that is collegiate when the band's not there and the team is losing. So we're going to see how this fares out in the future. I'm going to say it once, and I'll say it again. I would not be surprised if some of these coaches look for other opportunities just because, let's be honest, the coaches did not come to have it on their resume that they're doing a bunch of losing and that there may be uncertainty about where they're going to work next year. That's not something these coaches signed up for. And I feel like another four-win season, and there is no question to be asked of, hey, what's going on? I feel like the decision is just going to be made that, hey, coach, you did your best, but while COVID may not be your fault, those wins and losses are going to be attached to your name. Uh, but I, I do wish Coach Pillow the best. I don't want to come off as somebody who's trying to bash or kick someone when they're down. I'm definitely not doing that. I, I have no ill will towards Coach. I'm just looking at a four-win season. That's all I'm looking at, and that's not acceptable. That's not going to cut the mustard. Again, anything less than 10 wins to me is a non-negotiating point as a, as a basketball program. And we do understand that the women's basketball team is going to have to do some things in the recruiting area. We got to bring some new folks in to replace the pe- people we lost. But then we're going to have some transfers, y'all. Uh, our best players are going to get recruited by other schools. and They're going to be asked do they want to come over. They're going to get put on one-to-one deals and say, hey, man, do you want to come here because y'all aren't winning there? And you can't, you can't fault them for wanting to be a part of a winning program. So there's going to be some recruiting that needs to take place. Hopefully – if I'm being honest, I don't I don't really want a lot of high school recruits to come to this program right now. I would much rather get some transfers. This is a program that you need to get some wins and you need them quick. And I feel like what Coach Pillow's best move and best way to get to those are to find some quality transfer players, maybe junior college, maybe otherwise, that are gonna come in and change the game. You gotta get somebody that can score. 
you got to get a, a maybe one or two big persons in there. I feel like if you get three good players, this is all of a sudden a team that goes from four wins to 12 to 15 wins. Because at the beginning of the season, something she said was working. We were winning to games. COVID wasn't what it was. But at, by season's end, we were getting blown out halftime the game some of the games we were ahead and at the close of the game because of the number of bodies we did or did not have on the court we end up with a loss and i'm looking to see some positive change from coach going into next year because i'm an optimist i drink the famu kool-aid and I, i sip it very heavily but i'm gonna say that some things have to change uh i've had i've heard some different opinions about how things should go with this program but i'm gonna say obviously because of the financial reasons in particular we got to ride this out and we got to ride this out with coach pillow but we've got to find something for her or she's got to find something that's going to give her enough wins so that when the contract conversation comes back up it's it's a no-brainer because if she's able to build this up famu people will support but famu fans are fickle just like any other fan base, we don't want to watch no losers. That whole support a team where they win or lose idea, the Cleveland Browns fans have been doing that for years, and they just they just got good last year and got back sorry. Like that That's not conducive to winning programs. Winning programs are not being supported when losers draw. Like, let, let's, let's stop lying about that. The University of Alabama, before Nick Saban was there, they weren't packing out Bryant-Denny Stadium. It was a good good crowd, good attendance, but people weren't just being there because they just loved the program so much and packing out the stadium. The attendance numbers at that school did not go up until they started winning national championships. So this is one of the things that we're going to have to see for the women's program. But again, I definitely see some of the coaches leaving. I see Exodus on the roster as well. Besides the players that are graduating, I think there are going to be players who have said, hey, man, this – this this isn't working. We're not winning, and some things need to change. Now, on a more positive note, and you can hear that I'm, I'm a little more excited. I got a little bit of uh, uh going on for me. But the men's basketball team beats Bethune-Cookman University, and it's convincing. And it's just another season split. Fam, you opened the season against Bethune-Cookman at Moore Gymnasium with a loss at the beginning of the season, but they finish off with a win at home. And the crowd was there. It was a completely different atmosphere from the women's game. You can actually watch a tip-off where people are coming into the gym. And you're like, oh, it's going to be packed for the men's game. Okay. All right. And by the uh, halftime area, the arena's pretty full. I- I'm going to be conservative and say there was a good five, 6,000 people there. But there may have been more. It was a good crowd, good atmosphere, nice watch, and the men deliver. MJ is going to finish his home career at Florida A&M University and become the fifth leading scorer. And kudos, MJ. Thank you for your contributions. A couple other guys are going to be there for senior night as well. And it just comes out to be a whole different atmosphere, y'all. It's a comfortable win. It was never really in doubt. Not a moment if you were a fan you and where you were like, man, I think we might lose this game. Not a lot of those late game heroics from the Wildcats in this game. And the Rattlers just put them away. And 
they are going to finish the regular season at home with a W. And that's going to help the Rattlers get into the SWAC tournament. We were already in there, but we're going to finish as the four seed. And I that I, I like that. I really feel like being a four seed says that, okay, there were three teams that were better than you. We lost, uh, I believe, all those teams, um, especially Jackson State. But it's showing that the program is growing under Coach McCollum. I, I don't know if – so much of that can be attributed to his growth or the fact that MJ was a freaking lead scorer for the conference. Like you have the dude who is leading the swack in scoring on your basketball team and he's killing it. He's averaging at one point about 30 points a game. He definitely takes the most shots. You start seeing that MJ is an unselfish leader and I'm pretty sure it's somebody's going to go, Oh, he's an MJ super fan. I'm not a super fan, but I'm a fan. I also enjoy Keith Littles. I enjoy uh, downtown Johnny Brown. I enjoy all of these guys, but there's one person that is definitely the consummate leader when it comes to dribble drive penetration, taking a mid-range shot, and understanding his game and saying, hey, I can't shoot all over the place, but what I can do is play my game and do it well. And we see that. That's one of the things I, I as a armchair fan have noticed that MJ does really well at getting his mid-range shot. He does really well at driving the basket. I I don't know how great of a dribbler he is, and that's not me slighting him. That is me saying, as a basketball fan, I don't don't watch all of that part. I'm more so looking at the, the, uh, the data part, the stats, the scores, turnovers, and things like that. Uh, He strikes me as a fairly decent ball handler but there could be better there could be areas for improvement that's all of us Uh, but I definitely feel like what I've seen so far this year he'll be playing overseas or this country in one of those leagues and man it was so great to see him and looking forward to seeing him do these things during the postseason and hopefully fam you can make a nice little run in the SWAT tournament I don't foresee us winning the SWAC tournament, if I'm going to be honest. I don't even know if we beat Alabama A&M in this first-round game. The last time we played Alabama A&M, I sat up here and I called that FAMU was going to win, came out there with my chest out, very excited, and we got beat. (laughs) So we split the season with them, so I'm not sure which way this is going to go. So my prediction for this game is that I don't know because we split the season with them. I think they understand that FAMU does struggle a little bit in the middle. Um, and the primary way that we score is actually with our guards and with our perimeter shooting. But we have a propensity to give up the lead. A lot of our games were last-second wins. And I don't know where that leads us going into the tournament because at this point, you're very familiar with each other. You know what to expect. And they're going to understand that FAMU kind of struggles down in the paint and can we get that going like can can our power forward slash sometimes center from Tampa can that Kappa brother can he shimmy his way in there and help kind of dominate a little bit more like what is it going to look like when we are getting bodied in the middle so I I, I don't know where the Rattlers are going to go in this one if I had to pick 
in my unbiased heart after looking at the last game, and I did this last time, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fam you again. I'm biased, and that's, that's why it's because I'm biased. My mind really says Alabama A&M after looking at the last game, but my biased orange green heart, and in a day where I'm a little uh, emotionally torn between emotional highs and emotional lows as a rattler, I'm gonna say FAMU's gonna win. Uh, next sport we're gonna talk about is softball, and softball was down in Central Florida in the Tampa area uh, yesterday, even today actually. Today being Sunday when this is being recorded. But they started the home slate against Florida State, and they lost. Uh, another game with the Rattlers start off ahead of the Seminoles. Looks like we're about to strike. And then next thing you know, the Seminoles make a furious comeback, and they hand the Rattlers their first home loss. And you expect that. Florida State's a really good softball program. Like softball, baseball, those are not. Though they ain't FSU football. Like FSU football right now is trash. And I'm saying that not as a, a hater, but as somebody who Tallahassee and through and through. I love both both of the schools. Not equally, but I, I have an affinity for both. And, um, man, Florida State softball is a really great program. They have a great tradition over there. And they, they came over and... They put a little something on it. So after we uh, went that went there, FAMU came down to the Tampa area. They are going to play Army, and we split the series with Army. We beat them the first game. The second game, we're going to lose, and we're also going to beat the University of Illinois at Chicago. They are the Flames, and another nice win, and a nice win against quality opponents. We're not playing a bunch of slouches. We're not playing a bunch of scrubs. We're playing really good teams, and we, we're beating some of them, which that's a FAMU tradition. If you follow FAMU softball at all, you will notice that FAMU softball routinely plays good teams. And a lot of times in the past, FAMU was smart. Somebody would play Florida State one day, they come across the street and play FAMU the next. But FAMU would actually win some of those games. So it makes a difference when your program is winning and producing. Uh, but – we closed out the tournament down in Tampa, losing the USF, and uh, yeah, it, it wasn't really close. Old girl throws a perfect game against the Rattlers, uh, and to consider that you you close out that tournament with two games in the win column against really good talent, I, I I'm fine with that. You don't like somebody throwing a perfect game against you, but. That happens sometimes. Like, people are going to set records against you, and uh, the best thing that you can do is try to combat that with continuing to prepare, continuing to recruit, and let the players know, hey, these are some of the best teams we're going to play all season. This is going to get you ready for the conference. Once you get into the conference, all of a sudden, I feel like we're going to be top top third. I feel like family's going to be the one first or second place in the SWAC. As long as there are no major injuries, COVID, anything like that, this part of the season is going to help not just build character, but it's going to help build that resume for the NCAA tournament, which FAMU has made before, both in baseball and softball. And it's going to also show that we can beat some of these teams. We're not just cherry-picking off of HBCUs and teams that are uh, in lower conferences. No, we're, we're playing teams against good conferences, and we're beating them, and that's going to 
in my opinion, carry some weight, maybe allow us to play in some good conference tournaments, uh, positions, and maybe if we don't win the swag, give us an at-large bid. So I am looking forward to that. I do want to talk about the baseball team. I'm going to save that for last. Um, let, let, let's slide over to the happenings of today. And part of the reason this recording is so late is the NFL Draft Combine. Marquise Bell drops a 4.45 and a 4.46 in his 40 time on NFL Network today. And he looks smooth. He looked comfortable in his backpedal drills and this box drill he looked very natural nothing looked forced he was actually faster than the top corner or safety that was out of notre dame uh gentleman drops a four five and a four six respectively but marquise bell is going to be a player y'all um i'm not going to sit up here and blow smoke up your butt and tell you he's going to be the number one safety off the board no 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 i think he's a third round pick uh, and that that's saying a lot. I can't I can't tell you last time a guy from Family got drafted. If I'm being real, so we we're starting to change the narrative. And thank you for Marquise Bell for being a guy that helps that change happen. And he looked good, y'all. I feel like a team that gets him in the third is getting a steal. And I'm gonna be biased as a Floridian. And if the Jacksonville Jaguars don't take him the second or third round, they're dumb. Like that, that defense could use that kind of level on the back end, my personal opinion, to go back there with Griffin. You can slide that guy to a nickel corner sometimes. And he got that, he got that can't go home in him. Like he got that want to and that dog in him. And I just think a team like that, the Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, would do well to give Marquise a shot. And you're going to come away with a safety that is fast, that wants to learn. He's hungry. Not hungry. He's hungry. There's a difference. When you're hungry, you're hungry. You, you know, I could, I could. When you're hungry, though, it's different. No, give me all that. I, I need all that. I'm hungry. That young man is hungry. He is. And he, he's playing with that can't-go-home mindset. Like, yo, if this don't work, I got to take care of grandma. And so I wish Marquise the best. But, man, that dude got a hunger in him, y'all. That that's He looked good, man. He looked real good, real good. Um, and next one, I'm going to move to Tennessee State just because I want to make sure I talk about it. And I don't want nobody saying that I didn't say it. So I'm going to use my platform to say it. Um, Tennessee State has been offered a membership to the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And I feel like they should take it. I don't feel like the SWAC needs them. I feel like they are in a position where they need the swag. So uh, that being said, they've been given an invitation. The OVC is not looking good. Uh, They've had many a team leave leave their conference. The new teams they have that are coming up are Division Two for the mostly, and they're making the jump to Division One. And let's keep let's keep it a buck, y'all. Tennessee State had four thousand people at their homecoming. That's laughable. Like. That's laughable. They could go over to the on-campus stadium, half fill that up, and still have room with 4,000 people. They are playing at the Titans stadium, that they sh- the stadium they share with the Tennessee Titans. And the stadium seats 60-plus thousand people. And they are in talks of building a new stadium because, 
of everything. Why on this side of the earth would you continue to stay in a conference that you're drawing 4,000 fans? And it looks like Jackson State's trying to pull out of the Southern Heritage Classic, a huge moneymaker for you. To me, the, the, the no-brainer, again, 4,000 people in the stands for homecoming is to join the SWAC because I feel like in that kind of conference, in the SWAC, you play FAMU, you play Alabama A&M, you play Jackson State. Those three games alone are probably going to guarantee you at least 10, 20, maybe 30,000 people per game if played at home. That's already double your attendance, double your crowd, and let's keep it a buck, y'all. We all want the Atlanta Classic back. I was on a call with uh, on, on on Twitter, and we were having to talk, and it was like, "What's up with the Atlanta Classic?" Like, "Yo, we should bring that back." You, if everybody's in the same conference, same division, you 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 may not bring it back, but you got that same vibe. Hey, Tennessee State and FAMU long natural rivalry that we like them they like us it's not it's not a hateful rivalry y'all know how black college rivalries go but it's a great chance so my uh personal outtake on that is for them they have natural rivalries with certain some of the teams they have traditional rivalries and will they join the swag yes i think tennessee state university joins the swag i'm saying it now no the swag doesn't need them but When you start looking at the revenue and the revenue losses and the fact that when you're talking to Tennessee State people and we were on the call and they're saying the other schools don't bring their bands. And in some occasions, they have mistreated us when we've gone there and we brought our band. No, let's not do that. Uh, Let's go ahead and welcome them to the SWAC. And so I will say I'll go out on a limb my completely uninformed but straight data-driven self that they will join the SWAC. All right, lastly is going to be the baseball team. And uh, the baseball team is um, near and dear to my heart uh, just because I personally have had great relationships with some of our coaches. When I was at Florida a University, Coach Lucas allowed me to use him on some papers and some essays as a source because – I, I like sports and I use baseball as one of the topics to write about. And uh, he welcomed me into his office with open arms. Uh, and I actually had the pleasure of having coach Joe Durant as a professor for one of my classes. So um, it's with a very heavy heart that um, it was announced that coach Joe Durant has passed. Um, coach Durant was awesome as a person. Uh, fam, you did not always have the greatest best baseball program while coach was there, but they were competitive. Um, it was what it was, you know, but it's a long and hard, uh, journey to find a man that was like coach Durant. So, um, we, we ended up this past weekend, um, previously, Fam, you lost to UF in a blowout uh, fashion. The game wasn't close. Then we brought Ball State as our home opener. We lose the series one to three. And on the day that was announced that Coach Durant passes, Fam, you was going to win one of those baseball games. So uh, 
Coach Durant was 72 years old. But I tell you what, man, if you ever had the blessing of having Coach Durant as your coach, you were fortunate. Coach Durant cared. Uh, and I took Coach Durant for golf at JMU. I did not have him for baseball. Um, but, man, Coach was so real. He was so honest. He always loved FAMU. And I just wanted to make sure I finished the show by acknowledging that Coach Durant left a mark on this Rattler's heart that I could never forget. I still joke and laugh and tell people about Coach Durant, the baseball coach teaching golf, and how much fun it was and how he was so honest and about how good he was on the golf course and how good he wasn't. But that y'all were going to learn how to do this. And he was that, y'all. If you, you missed a treat if you didn't have Coach Durant. And the university is definitely lost. Not just a FAMU Hall of Famer who played and coached at Florida University, but a lover of FAMU. So that being said, it's going to always be fangs up. But with a heavy heart, rest in peace, Coach Joe Durant. Thank you for your contributions to my academia, to my FAMU experience, and to my journey as a parent, sometimes as a coach, and as a leader. Because without individuals like you on campus, my FAMU experience would not have been what it was, and I would not have loved the university the same way I did because you were a great example. Uh, Coach Durant was let go and replaced, and he was still working at FAMU and had not one bad thing to say about FAMU. Consummate professional. Uh, he was a good man. And so we lost a good one, y'all. And I just wanted to make sure I gave Coach his flowers uh, on the other side because when he was there, I definitely gave him his flowers told him thank you always told coach how much i appreciated him same thing with coach wiggins i took her class in college i gave coach wiggins her flowers and i used to call her mama sometimes because it's different on the hill it's just different i can't it's not it's it's a family and we lost one of our family members and uh i may shed a tear in the privacy of my own area but I have fond memories of Coach Durant for all the right reasons because he was a good man. So that being the case, y'all, men's basketball is in the SWAC tournament, even though we lost uh, a Rattler today. And the men's baseball team won. And part of me just feels like there's a little bit of Joe Durant inspiration in that. Uh, And that could just be my bias. But it is fangs up, y'all. Thank you for listening. And y'all go support those Rattlers.